word of God is light. It is light. It actively works. It is effective. It penetrates. It rejuvenates. Oh my, oh my. An encounter with God's word is life changing. It is life enhancing. You are listening to a podcast by Prophet Komezu Shamin. But no replica of you. In short, as you are sitting there, you cannot be replaced. But remember, even though the Bible tells us of situations where man can be replaced, it's not necessarily with that particular man. When the people don't worship him, it's the stones. But the stones are not the people. <laughs> when David takes up Saul's position, it's David, not Saul. Amen and amen. So, this is just to show you how important each and every one of you are. But also, it's very vital that each and every one of you awaken to this truth. Have you ever wondered, or rather, have you ever imagined perhaps a time where you could be sleeping in your bed? While you're sleeping in your bed, someone can be perhaps tapping you or speaking to you. They can say, Samuel, you are blessed. They can say all sorts of different things. But if Deacon Samuel does not really awaken to what is being spoken, it will not help him. We've had so many people who would tell you the next day and they would say, ah, so you didn't hear those fireworks. So you didn't hear those, that, some of you even when thieves come, you are sleeping. You do not know. They steal from you. But even though they are good remarks or certain things that perhaps are supposed to benefit you, you do not know. So the problem with not knowing your identity is that whether good and bad is pointed at you, you don't know. When they steal, you don't know. When you are blessed, you don't know. In short, the reward for ignorance is always destruction. That's why today we're going to push a bit further and we want to really how we can. We want to press into how we can really walk in our purpose and identity. Just raise the volume. So we'll be reading a few scriptures and we're going to pick it up from there. So, the first question we're going to really expose and try to ask, or rather even answer is, why should we know who we are? And I've already reviewed, we need to know who we are because if we don't know who we are, our reward of ignorance is destruction. We walk around aimlessly. So one of the reasons why we need to know who we are, why we need to know our identity is uh, so that we can walk in a purposeful life. Saints of God, I'll tell you one thing. One of the most and the best decisions you can ever make is to walk a life that is full of purpose. Any life that is perhaps pursued outside purpose 
will result in serious frustration, will result in serious emptiness, and is something that is not to be desired. Also, one of the reasons why you need to know your identity and walk in it is so that you can walk in God's will. You can walk in His plan. In his, you can walk in His agenda. Remember, there are different facets or different wills that we can actually walk in. We can either walk in the will of God, we can either walk in the will of man, and we can either walk in the will of Satan. The Bible shows us that the end of the will of God always is great. That's why the Bible says, I know the plans that I have for you, they are good. They give you an, a great end. But yet again, the will of Satan has its end attached to it. The Bible actually shows us that the ending or the end result that Satan wants to achieve in many people's life is destruction and death. But also, walking in the will of man has its own complications. Why? Because it may not be perfect. It may be it may have its defects altogether. But whatsoever will that you walk in, you have to know that any will that I walk in, there is a sponsor. So if I walk in the will of God, God sponsors my success. If I walk in the will of Satan, Satan sponsors my downfall. And if I walk in the will of man, I sponsor whatsoever I sponsor. Hallelujah. But imagine the limitation of walking in the will of man. You decide to do something in your own will. That means you need your own capacity, your own strength, your own resources. That's why it's important to walk and awaken to our identity. Why? So that we can walk in God's will. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter number 8 that the world is eagerly waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Not the manifestations of the sons of men. Not the manifestations of the sons of, 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 of disobedience. The Bible says the world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. So if I know my identity, then I can manifest to the world and be a solution. Whether you like it or not, we are wired to be solutions to the world. We are wired to be solutions to our sphere of contact. And proof that we are wired to be solutions, not just to ourselves but to others, is that there is a unit that is known as family. You observe that when you are born into the Banda's family, and the first time you get paid, guess what? That man is not yours alone. You end up buying bread. You end up paying for power. You end up doing something for the Banda's. Why? Because you are not wired to work out things for yourself. That's why you are all born in families. But a family always increases 
it grows and transitions into society it grows and transitions into nations it grows and transitions into the world so in short you are wired for the solution of the world that's why it's important for you to know your identity amen and amen now obviously i have stressed and explained why it's 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 really important for you to know your identity but i think what's very interesting and what's so important is to press in and say how do i know my identity ask your neighbor do you know who you are yeah it's important to press in and say mm, okay i've heard what you've said pastor but i want to know my identity do i know who i am and obviously when i'm explaining this some of you will find yourself in different levels some of you perhaps have no clue of who you are some of you have a glimpse of who you are but yet some of you uh, have known yourself to a certain degree yet there's still more that needs to be learned hallelujah right so now as a child of god how should we get to know our identity and i'm going to show you a a very interesting system or process that will actually help you to learn to know who you are in Christ. By the way, we are talking about our identity where in Christ, not in the world or in Satan. <laughs> amen and amen. Ephesians chapter number 1 verse 17 to 19. The Bible says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Next verse. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the might to the working of his mighty power. All right. Now this scripture summarizes the kinds of process or things that we need to pursue so that we can get to learn our identity. Perhaps let's start with verse 17 so that we break it down and it becomes easier for you because I know I've read it fast and others may have picked it others it may have just whew. All right. Now The Bible says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let's stop there first. Remember we want to know something. We want to pursue a certain knowledge concerning our lives. Yet the Bible shows us that in our pursuit in doing so, we cannot do it on our own. There is an empowerment that is needed or rather there is revelation that is needed it says god may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so we first need the spirit of wisdom and revelation now the spirit of wisdom and revelation will actually help us to discover our identity in god amen and amen but what is the first thing that the spirit of wisdom and revelation needs to do in your life the bible says that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him If you see that h is capital that simply means if we want to first if we want to get to know our identity our first pursuit is to know god hallelujah 
our first pursuit is to know God. Why? We're talking about our identity in God. So our first pursuit is to know God. This is growing and growing in the knowledge of Him. So from this scripture you can understand a mystery that the Bible actually actually reveals. It's known as uh, you being in God. Alright. It's known as you being in God. Next verse. Then it says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. So, first of all, you are getting to know him. Then your eyes of your understanding will be enlightened to know the hope of his calling. To know the reason why he scored you. To know your purpose. Hallelujah. As you are going back there, just open Colossians 3 verse, verse 3. I want to show you something. I want to show you why there is that kind of a, a, arrangement. The Bible says this in Colossians 3 verse 3. It says, for you died and your life. <laughs> have you noticed it says you, you died and your life. You are dead but you, you have life. No, maybe who died? <laughs> Confusing, eh? You died, but your life is hidden with Christ. Obviously, the dying is you doing things on your own. The dying is <laughs> uh, um, the dying is the old you. All right. But then it says, "But your life, your new life, is hidden with Christ in God." It's done what? It's hidden with Christ in God. So, if I want to access something within this Bible, obviously I have to open it, right? If I want to access a treasure within a, a box, what do I have to do first? Find the box. When I find the box, then I will understand that the box can open. And when I find that the box can open, I'll understand that there is content and I'll understand the kind of content. So, in your pursuit to know your identity, you first have to start by knowing God. You first have to start by knowing that, okay, this is God. Now, why do we need to start by knowing God? It's because from God is where we source our identity. Get back to that scripture. So I've given I'm, I'm giving you four points. So the first thing you need to do from from Ephesians one verse seventeen to nineteen is that you need to grow in the knowledge of Him. Number two, you need to know who you are. That is knowing the hope of His calling. Then it goes on to say, it, notice it says after you know the hope of His calling, there's a comma, which says. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? So meaning there is also a place after you know who you are, you know what you have. These are the inher- this is the riches of the inheritance. Then the next verse. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? So, not only do you know, after you know God, not only do you know 
your calling, not only do you know your riches, you also get to encounter his power. Now the difference between the first and this last one is that the first one where we are saying knowledge of him is known as you in God. But now when we are encountering his power, this one is known as God in you. Amen and amen. And I'm going to explain all that. But let's start by digging deep into all these three, all these four points. And let's see how we can pursue God. So growing in the knowledge of him, if you've observed throughout the scriptures, it's very interesting that the Bible actually shows us that many authors, many people who even actually were successful, really pursued the knowledge of God. We look at a man by the name of Daniel and the Bible actually tells us that one time he, in his writing, he says, they that know their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. We, talk, we, we look at Jesus Christ who always pointed out to the Father, always pointed out to God. We also look at many writers like Peter. We look at many writers like uh, Paul who always talked about growing in the knowledge of God. I'll tell you one thing. Many years ago when I was exposed to uh, the deliverance ministry, uh, I noticed that sometimes because you're exposed to that kind of job, sometimes there's a certain pressure that you know so much about the kingdom of darkness. I once came across somebody that was talking about certain spirits and he, he began to talk about, I don't know, he called them territorial whatsoever spirits that would be present in 25 countries at once. And uh, he also talked about how some of these spirits uh, look, come from Jupiter and other planets and the like. And I was like, you know, me who was dealing with deliverance, I was, I felt like, ish, okay, I don't know so much, eh? You know, I'm just, I'm just, for me, I would just, if the spirit manifest, if a spirit manifests, I'll just say leave. Okay? But I noticed this guy would have so many details. He would, he would explain about uh, different things altogether. Some of the things I just said, mm, I don't want to know. Uh, uh, yeah. But when time came to cast out devils, the man was always being beaten by demons. Said, ah, what's happening? But for me, who did not know much, you just said, out in the name of Jesus. And most of you have seen me do deliverance. I'm very calm. I can tell a demon, go. And it will go. Unless otherwise, unless I'm angry. Yeah. But then, what's very interesting is that this person who had so much knowledge. I don't know whether what, what, if that knowledge was even accurate, but he talked about so many things about demons. Anytime his mouth opened, it was demons. You know, and I got worried. So I, I, I thought to myself, perhaps there is something that I'm missing. But I checked through the scriptures. I didn't find any place where the Bible says grow in the knowledge of darkness. I didn't find that. I looked at Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 and I found something very interesting. Ephesians chapter number 3 verse 10. Oh, sorry, Philippians rather. 
Philippians 3 verse 10. Pardon me. Paul is now saying that I may know him. Know who? That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Ah, then we know the one we are talking about. It's not Satan. It says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Then I'm still searching my Bible. And in Second Peter chapter number 3 verse 18. I'm seeing something very interesting. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 18. The Bible says, but grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory now and forever. And I said, eh, this is interesting. But have you understood or rather have you noticed that in as much as it's talking about growing in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, it's not substituting grace. Which means growing in grace works hand in hand with growing in the knowledge of God. So if I can know God more, (laughs) I grow in grace. So this man wanted to grow in the grace of deliverance, but he was knowing the wrong person. He began to speak out about evil spirits, shiny, shiny, what, what. Have you noticed, in fact, for some of you, it may not even be uh, in, in relation to what I'm talking about, but some of you want certain, some of you want certain victories in your life, perhaps concerning your, your dreams. And that's also one thing that I pursued. I wanted victory concerning my dreams because I was tired. I was tired of finishing Zesco because I never used to switch off the lights. I was tired of running in my blankets. I was tired of all that. But even though I wanted victory, I noticed I came across a book, a very big book, that showed me interpretations of different kinds of dreams. I read, I opened the book and it says, if you dream that you are eating... You are a junior chef in the satanic kingdom. And I just remember that, hey, Ninadia Tute. I opened again, I saw if you dream there are cobwebs around you, that means you've got hypocrites around you. If you dream that uh, there are a lot of chickens around you, that means there's a spirit of poverty around you. Like I had so many, like they were in my head. So I thought by me knowing the interpretation, something will change. Now, what happened is that by virtue of me knowing some of the interpretations, some of the things that I didn't even dream about, I started dreaming about them. Spider web. Flying. Shiny. I noticed nothing is changing. I noticed that there was a grace that I wanted to actually grow and even increase rather have victory in my dream life but the fact that I pursued knowledge that was not of God nothing changed until I came to realize that really my pursuit should not necessarily be the knowledge of darkness but the knowledge of God I will tell you this till today there are things, perhaps even what you can call them spirits or whatsoever, that I don't know about. Negative spirits, that is. But the fact that I chose to grow in the knowledge of God, for me, anything that is strange, I just say out. Hallelujah. I don't need to know. What, what will it change me? Nothing will change about me. 
So the time I wanted to have victory over my dreams, I decided to pursue God. And I knew that God is able to deliver me from that. You want victory in your health? Do you know who to pursue? The healer. You want victory or rather deliverance? Do you know who to pursue? The deliverer. That's the first place you need to have a great pursuit over. Drawing in the knowledge of God. I noticed Paul would say that. Uh, Peter would say that. Uh, in Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 13, Paul now begins even to tell us uh, how, why pastors were actually, you know, uh, selected. Some of you don't know. 13, verse 13, 4 verse 13. Okay, start from verse 12 so that people can understand. So the Bible tells us that these men and women of God are there to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Uh-huh. Next verse. Till we all come to unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to a measure of the stature. What's happening immediately? to a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Alright, so the Bible actually shows us that even when men and women of God are actually raised, one of their assignments is to ensure that you come to the knowledge of God. Why? Because when you come to the knowledge of God and come to know God a certain way, there are so many realities that you get to understand even about yourself. I know many of you want to know who you are. But the biggest question you need to ask yourself is, how far have you pursued to know God? Ask your neighbor, Mumu Ziba Yesu. No, like, like really. Imagine today, I w- if I just give, if I just say, alright, uh, randomly, I'm going to choose five people just to say five things about God. And do not even, do not repeat what your friend has said. How are sure? Obviously, the first one will say, God is loving, God is kind, God is caring. He is good. He is great. Nishkwasila. Everyone, the rest. The rest will just use other words. He is greater. He is gooder. He is kinder. <laughs> Hallelujah. To what extent, to what level do you really know God? Some of you, if we are to call you and your bestie here in front and say, give me 50 things about your bestie, tell me. You'll be like, oh, <laughs> I, know, I know this person. In fact, I can even tell you secrets about this person. No one knows that she's got a tattoo here. That there's, 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 a, there's a birthmark here. No one knows. This is how she speaks. Like, the person will give you accurate details. In fact, if that even bestie of yours were to call you using a private number, you would even know, ah, can't she do? Nichani, why don't you this time? 
Now you are able to recognize your best friend and even point out traits like that why because you know you know your best friend but why are you unable to recognize the voice of god ah so <laughs> this is also another lesson to people who want to know the voice of god people say how do i know this is god's voice start knowing him start pursuing knowledge over him that's how you understand that this is how god speaks god will not say my daughter understand nize onanjala ibachabe will not speak like that amen and amen so somebody say no god it's very important when you pursue in the knowledge of god you get to understand very beautiful facts about god facts such as he is the alpha and omega meaning he is the one who is introducing my life he is the one that is starting something new in me you understand that he is the creator you understand that he is great you understand that there is no one like him why because you are getting to have a revelation of him you are getting to know him more and more amen and amen so it's important to actually pursue the knowledge of god other things that you can also write you can also write down second peter chapter number 1 verse 2 it uh, it actually helps or rather it gives us an understanding of also growing in the knowledge of god so growing in the knowledge of god like i said is vital very vital for each and every one of us i'll show you one thing the bible actually tells us a time where jesus was on the face of the earth Then while he was on the face of the earth uh he had his own disciples all right now one of his disciples knew him in a very interesting way some of them were not necessarily you know confident in who he was some of them were perhaps confident in who he was but you can tell that there are certain things that you know uh happened to these disciples that showed whether they knew god or not amen and amen for example have you observed that whilst jesus on on the face of the earth peter stood up and talked about jesus and he said jesus in me i love you so much that's what he said he says me i love you so much me i'm ready to die with you i'm very ready I'm ready to fight for you Jesus. I'm ready to go wherever just for you Jesus. You are my lord. You know so it's 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 easy to worship. It's easy. To say muli bakulu. Yet when there are hard times you say habari kuti bakulu. So Peter would say such things. He would say you are great, you are loving. Me I'll follow you. Notice there's no one who talked talked like Peter. Peter had that strong voice. He felt like he was that Elisha, that super son. That's how he felt. Not knowing there was another person who never used to talk talk a lot. Him he never used to say, "Ah, in me I'm going to go wherever you are going to go." Him he actually pursued a greater kind of knowledge. The kind of knowledge that he pursued is that while Peter was saying Me I love you God. 
Him the knowledge he pursued is God loves me. Are you seeing that? Peter was pursuing <laughs> what he could do. John was pursuing first the knowledge of God. Because the knowledge of God will give you a revelation of what you can do. It will give you a revelation of what you can do. So if you start with pursuing what you can do without having a revelation of the knowledge of God, then things won't work out well. Amen and amen. That's why eventually the Bible actually shows us that Peter ended up, what did he end up doing? He ended up denying Jesus. How many people denied Jesus? No one has a record of denying Jesus like Peter. Even Judas. <laughs> At least Judas saved it was once and for all. Peter, one, two, three, hat trick. Re- refusing Jesus. Yet he's the one who says, I will die with you. I will go with you. I will do everything with you. I will, wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you... <laughs> declaring all that. But John... On the other hand, was not necessarily vocal, but he had revelation. He had revelation knowing that Jesus loves me. The Bible tells us John was able to do certain things that other people were not comfortable of doing. The Bible says he leaned the bosom of Jesus. He was at the very heart of God. He was there. That's why there are so many powerful songs that we sing that you should understand, really, have an idea. Awaken your identity. We sing, Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. For the Bible tells me so. Na, 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 na. Yeah. But then it starts with you knowing that Jesus loves me. That's the best fuel. You see, the love of God, or rather having a knowledge of God, is a fuel, is a strong fuel for you. Because if you want to talk about love, and you say, God, I love you, where did you get that capacity to love first? If you want to say, I love my neighbors, where did you get that capacity to love? That's why sometimes those self-declarations usually burn out. Yes. But you told me you love me. Uh-huh. What happened? Hallelujah. So I'm trying to show you that there's something that John did that Peter did not really catch. But I thank God that by the Spirit of God, he was, God even tried to give, you know, explain that this is how it is. Remember a time where Jesus asked, who do the disciples say I am? Then Peter stood up. He stood up and says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, "Ah, ah, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. Peter happy. But guess what? The fact that he pursued and declared the revelation of Jesus Christ, Jesus then pointed back to him and says, okay, surely Peter... On this rock, I will establish my church. He then knew. He then knew how he himself was to function. 
Glory to God. So it didn't start with Jesus, Peter saying, uh, Jesus, you know, I'm part of the, the top three. No. <laughs> no, it didn't start like that. It started with him pursuing the knowledge of God. So the question is, how much do you know God? Some of you say, you, you are so vocal in your worship. I love you. you are just saying that because maybe you really love and need him because you know there's none besides him or because it's just a song we think we are bigger every day is it coming from a revelation that we are getting bigger because our God is not small or it's just a song you're dumb from the by power I'm, I'm telling you the, I'll, I'll tell you this one of the reasons why Christianity or many Christians are not seeing real manifestations is because many of them are acting many of them are acting when you when you awaken to the reality that Christianity is not an acting sin you will see the real God in your prayers. (laughs) Meanwhile, you're thinking of Manchester United versus West Ham. God, you are great. Lindolof, number one. God, you are great. You're thinking of other things. And then sometimes people have even learned this art so well. Some people now think those who pray the loudest, those are the ones who are serious with prayer. Ba is the next prayer point. They're not even properly praying. I don't have my prayer point yet. Acting. Yet you want a real hand. When you are uttering a fake worship. But when you <laughs> listen, when you when you see when you see the the, the hosts of heaven declaring to God, holy it's because they are seeing something. It's not it's it's, it's not a song, it's a revelation. Are you Lord God? Day and night, Almighty. When they say Almighty, they know that if there is someone who is Almighty, there is someone who is all nothing. There is no one that is close to Him. No one. Hallelujah. When God goes to Ezekiel, and He says, Son of man, can these bones live again? Ezekiel has a revelation that God has all answers. And he says, you alone God know. What is he declaring? He says, you have all the answers. And what does God say? He says, okay, surely I'm going to give you an answer. Son of man, speak to these bones. Say, hear the word of the Lord. All dry bones live again. It's a revelation. It's, it's, it's really revelation. 
Some of us know about God, but don't know God. We know about Him. We know about Shaka, right? But do we know Him personally? We know that He said, Muchubuleni, right? He said that. But do we know about Him? Or rather, do we know Him personally? No. So, yes. It's possible to know the scriptures too. But really, have you had that fellowship? In fact, when the Bible actually says, grow in the knowledge of God, that word knowledge is epignosis, which means revelation knowledge that comes by intimacy. intimate knowledge of God. Grow in the intimate knowledge of God. When we begin to grow in the intimate knowledge of God as we are praying in our prayer time, we are not praying so that you can meet a target. You are praying because you want God. When you open your Bible, you are not reading your Bible so that you can finish the Bible reading plan, but so that you can pursue God. We don't want to win awards. We don't want to win statistics. We want to win God. But did you find God? So it's really chasing after him. That's why the Bible says, Ask and you shall be, seek and you shall find. It's about seeking him when you do that you will know him you will understand that there is no one like God surely you will understand that there can be no one like him and you start making declarations like David who says who do I have in heaven but you nothing that I desire on earth but you my heart may fail I don't care my flesh may fail I don't care but God is my possession forever. So he says. He says, I would rather be a doorkeeper where God is. I would rather be I, I, I would rather be the worstest of people as long as I have God. When you read Philippians chapter number 3, Paul is saying, I consider everything as cow dung. Can you imagine? Compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing God. He says everything, cow done. That's why Sanakwatire. <laughs> he says everything. I, I, me, I just want God. <laughs> when he looks at that manure, when he looks at that manure, when he says, ah, me, I just want. But that's not your portion in the name of Jesus. Do not look at your neighbor as cow dung. Hallelujah. He says, I consider everything useless. He says, compared to the supreme advantage and priceless privilege of knowing God. Was it a priceless privilege? That I may lose everything and gain Jesus. I don't know if you're getting this. Give me you everything Give me you. 
Alright, let's go to the next thing. So we've said number one, the knowledge of Him. That's a pursuit. When you get to know Him, when you understand that He's the source of your identity, He's the source of everything that you actually need. Uh, when you understand that you were actually created for His glory and everything else, when you understand that He is God, then you press into another kind of revelation. And this revelation is knowing the hope of your calling. It's knowing why God brought you here on earth. Knowing why God established you. Knowing why God said, go there. Knowing why God is saying this and that. It's now understanding your identity. This is where now people begin to know, okay, I am a believer. I am a child of God. Then suddenly as they pursue God and the Lord says, I have ordained you to be a prophet. I have ordained you to bring solutions. I have ordained you to to function in governments and things like that. Why? This comes from first pursuing God. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter number 1 verse 10. Very, never forget this scripture. It should keep ringing, ringing in your in your head. Second Peter, chapter number one, and verse ten. Are we there? Second Peter. Before I open my eyes and close my eyes. Second Peter chapter number 1 verse 10. Okay, I'll read it from my Bible. Wonderful. And the Bible says this. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. This is, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. If you do these things, you will never stumble. So do you know why people stumble? They don't know their call. They don't know their election. They're not sure. In fact, some of them know they're just not sure. There's, there's one thing, there's, there's, there's a difference between knowing, but there's also a difference in, in actually being established in that truth that you're actually sure who knows they are born again? How many are sure they are born again? Yeshua, yeah, sure, sure. If we preach to you that tough message from the evangelists, if the Lord Jesus were to come today, some of them, like some of them, if it, some of them don't even say if the Lord Jesus. They'll say, if today you were involved in an accident, why are you talking about accidents? I'm like, sir, why are you talking about accidents? If today you were involved in an accident, where would you go? Think about it. And they'll start making you think. No, I was in church four weeks ago, but eh, I don't know. I'm not so sure. Maybe. Because church So the Bible says, make be diligent. You need to be sure. Hey. You need to be sure of your core. You need to be sure of your election. Obviously, your core, a core is a summoning. When we say you being called, you are summoned. I'll give you an example of being called. I have called you to be righteous. 
you have to walk in righteousness here that's the calling but your election is hey, I've chosen your prophet uko but not everyone's a prophet hey this is be sure of your calling be sure where you're supposed to be staying be sure where you're supposed to be when the bible says be holy for i am holy that's a calling so you need to be sure of that one they that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness should reign in life that's a calling hallelujah you are more than conquerors that's a calling i can do all things through christ that strengthens me if you can do all things ni calling to do all things it's a calling i've been called to righteousness it's a calling by his stripes you are healed your calling is to walk in health so the bible says make sure you are very sure of your core and your elections are you sure about your health are you sure about how you are called to walk in righteousness are you sure about how you are called to walk in holiness are you sure Are you sure that you are a child of God? The Bible tells us our citizenship is in heaven. Why are you worried about going to heaven when it says you're already a citizen of heaven? <laughs> are you sure? There are certain things you are sure you you you, you have or you are right now as an as as as, a, as an individual. Some of you are sure you are a Zambian citizen. Very sure. Why you have your NRC? You have proof. Some of you are very sure you can drive a car. You have your license. Some of you are very sure you can vote and do many other things. And so the Bible tells us be sure of your core and your election. This means there's a place where now after you we're talking about a system of knowing of 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 discovering your identity while you're pursuing God there's a place where now God will begin to cause you to know yourself but where you begin to know yourself start being established and being sure in such things otherwise if you don't learn to be sure you'll be confused I'll tell you one thing especially about callings or whatsoever especially many of you like uh, would want to know where they stand in ministry I'll tell you this whether you like it or not if you want to say no I want to know my fivefold ministry whether you like it or not someone will come and today say you are a prophet tomorrow another will say you are a apostle tomorrow the other one will say you are an evangelist but as it is I want some calling and then you'll say eh Lord, which one am I? If you want, if it's gifts, Vazakaya Sidizayons, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. I see the gifts of healings. I don't know. I see tongues. Everyone. Palas, you get confused. Which one, Lord, do I have? But it is not up to the vessel to make you sure. It's up to you. So it says, make sure, be diligent. You know what the Bible says? The Bible in the book of John says, "Love me, and I will love you too, with my Father." It says, "And I and my Father will manifest myself to you." What does the word manifest mean? Reveal. 
So it starts by pursuing God. Pursue me. Go unto me. What does that mean? Pursue me. And I will answer. You want answers without callings. Go unto me and I will answer. And I will show you great and mighty things. Which you what? Do not know about. If really this is about calling God with a phone. I know. It, how will God show you on a phone? It's pursuit. And I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know about. So the Bible says. So now, there's now the place where you're getting to understand where you are in God. And as you are getting to understand where you are in God, you need quite a number of things. You need to be exposed to quite a number of things to help you. Obviously, you need constant fellowship with God. Number two, you need to be engaged in what the Bible actually says. This thing will show you that you are righteous. righteous. This thing will show you that you are holy. This, this book will reveal to you that you must reign in life. It, 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 it will show you all those things. And you have to pursue that. So that you become sure. But obviously these other specific things which have to do with your election or knowing your specific core and assignment, that one, because it's coming from God, you can only derive it from God. That's why you need that healthy place, that healthy place of fellowship with God, that healthy place where you're talking to God. Today you say, God, I love you. God, I thank you for this privilege. I want to know you more. I want you to, to guide me in so many things. And you find now the Lord speaks to you. My child, listen to me. And you start knowing you. How much are you pursuing God, saints of God? In Jeremiah chapter number 1 verse 5. The Bible tells us how there, there is a revelation that is given to Jeremiah. And when a revelation is given to Jeremiah, the Bible also shows us how Jeremiah responds to this revelation. This, uh, 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 this, with this point that I'm trying to actually establish, I want to show you that in as much as you are trying to know yourself, how you receive these revelations also matter. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. If the thing is not working, you can just switch it off and just give me a sign. Is it working? Okay. Jeremiah chapter number 1 verse 5. I'm going to quickly read it. Exodus 1 verse 5. <laughs> okay. The Bible says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you as a prophet to the nations. Then in verse 6, the Bible tells us that Jeremiah said, Ah, Lord, behold, I can't speak, for I am a youth. Right. Imagine God is now revealing to Jeremiah that I've ordained you as the prophet. But the way Jeremiah is actually receiving it is a little bit bad because he's saying, I'm just a youth. God says, I didn't say you're a youth. I said you're a prophet. And sometimes uh, many people 
are not receiving the revelation of God really, really well because they see themselves in a very wrong way. Some of them see themselves just as youths. Some of them just see themselves just as ladies. Some of them just see themselves as young, pers- young people or maybe say, no, I'm this or I'm, I'm that. So in short, when you're trying to also grow to understand who you are, you must be open-minded and have an open heart to receive whatsoever God is leading you towards. If he says to you where you're standing and says, Loriska, I want you to reveal my name to 90 countries, yet you don't have a passport, just believe. Just at least start from there. There's 90 passports, 90 countries, Lord. I've only been to Kitwe. Don't even have a passport. It starts by believing. In your own time, I want you to read the parable of the, 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 the talents. When you read the parable of the talents, you will understand and know that to each person something was given. And when every person was given something, you will notice that each person was given something according to their capacity. So right now I have three deacons uh, just right in front of me. And, and, and obviously I'll give an illustration. To one was given five. To another was given three or two. Then the other one was given one. But according to the capacity that they were given, they needed to produce something. They needed to receive that which they were given and walk in it. Now I'll show you critical things about these guys. Despite them being given whatsoever. What are the critical things? Number one. They all have the same 24 hours a day. This one is given five. This one is given three. This one is given one. But they all have 24 hours. Which means in the 24 hours that you've been given, you have to understand that you have the capacity to yield something. Why? Because that capacity has been given to you. The one with five should not complain and say, Ah, me, I've only got 24 hours. These other people have given them two. No. And then also the one with one. We know what happened. The one who had one talent buried it. But let me quickly explain something to you. Remember when the master came back. The master came to all these three and asked them what they have done with the capacity that they were given. What they had done with... The, the works that they were actually given. The five had produced five more. The three had produced three more. But the one buried it. Now I'll show you one of the reasons the one buried it. One of the reasons the one buried it is what one is, is that he was afraid. And two is because he had a wrong perspective of God. Or not God, his master. He says, Master, you are too hard. So you see why it's first important in, it's important to know God first. Because when you have the wrong perspective, you will not receive your identity. So the person who had one talent buried it and said, Ah, you are too hard and I was afraid. Yet the master said, You wicked and lazy servant. Notice he did not say, Yeah, I understand my child. Sorry. What am I saying? 
God does not count fear as an excuse. It's not an excuse. You felt the anointing. And someone needed healing and you just pity that. Ah, nanzoyopa. You, you, oh, you think God will understand. And do, you, and do you know the remark he was given? He, the remark was not, you scared or fearful. He says, you wicked and lazy servant. So allowing fear to get a hold of you is wickedness. It's wickedness. It says, you wicked servant. And was chased away. And this is also just to show you something. When God gives you something, especially those who seem to have, I've noticed sometimes there's a wrong mentality to those who seem to have not of much uh, responsibilities. Maybe someone is a, a department head and then you maybe are just an usher. Sometimes you think just as I'm an usher, I expect my department head to come to church but in an ingalovi. What are you saying? You're, you're trying to say it's okay for the five to produce five more, but it's also okay for me to bury my talent. That's what you're saying. You said it's okay. The others. You said the others. Listen, when you talk about the others, they have their own talents. So don't talk about the others. When each, the Bible says, to each one has been given. So burying your talent means two things. May, may mean two things. One, not using it. And number two, neglecting it. That's why I'm very, very, very concerned. If let's say you've been selected in a certain position and say, Me, I want to step down. I want to step down. You're not stepping down, you're burying a talent. Why? Ah no, I'm busy, I need to do other things and the like. Wait. The Bema Awards are coming. Yeah. Where we all stand before God. And our works will go through fire. Our what? Works. Amen and amen. It seemed like it was enough for the five to produce five more. But God still wanted the one with one to produce something. Tell your neighbor, don't bury those talents. I've not seen any scriptural reference to stepping down. So if anyone comes to tell me that, in the spirit I see it as a demotion. That's why the Bible says, to whom, who has, you have a little but you've not done with anything, it, it will be taken away from you. Amen and amen. It should be a privilege to serve. I think I've just changed somebody's mind. In case you were about to write a letter. No. You should have changed, obviously. You, you can't. You can't. Because as, as long as you just decide to start making those decisions, you've walked in another realm called the will of man you've become your own sponsor because God wanted to do something in you he wanted from that two you go to four 
From four, you go to seven. From seven, you go to hundred. And she said, Ah, number one, my nowadays in the center corner is the department. So I'm going to step down. Huh? Barry. All right, and the third thing is not only do you need to know your who you are. Next thing you need to know is your riches. You have to understand that from the book of Genesis, God creates man and places the blessing upon him and there is the functioning of grace within him. He breathes inside of him. But not only does God give him or rather place things inside of him, he places things around him. That's why man has rivers. The rivers will not be in him. Man also has trees. The trees will not be in him. <laughs> man has animals. The animals will not be in him. So there is what is made available inside of you, but then there is also what is made available outside of you, around you, so to say. So when you are knowing your identity, God also wants you to know the riches of what surrounds you. Amen and amen. The Bible tells us how uh, Jesus was actually once revealing. He's saying for those that serve in God, or rather those that serve God, there are things that will follow them. And he says they'll have, they'll have hundredfold. They'll have houses. They'll have this. They'll have that. And he also adds and says they'll also have persecution. But I mean, if you have a house, if you are, if, uh, you are now paying bills, what is persecution from people who can't pay bills? I mean, <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's saying there are certain things that you're going to have. There are certain things that will accompany you. He was declaring that, look, if I've called you for an assignment, I want you to know that I am not a cheap employer. God is not a cheap employer. Amen and amen. He is never, never, never a cheap employer. And he will just not allow you to work for free. The same way if in your companies you are getting salary, gratuity, leave pay. What more God? Him, he even allows treasures to be laid up in heaven for your sake. Hallelujah. So, there are things that are also that are made available for you. That's why in Colossians 1 verse 12, the Bible says, He has qualified us to receive the inheritance of the saints of light. Then also when you read Ephesians chapter number 1 verse 3, the Bible says, He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Uh-oh. Every. Okay. Then in Second Peter chapter number 1 verse 3, the Bible tells us that by His divine power, He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So you find out that if God says, I want you to open an orphanage, just know that there are resources that is made available for you. There are resources. Because when knowing who you are, you are just catching the vision but not catching provision. So when he says, ah, ah, I, want, I want you to understand that uh, I want you to build 70,000 capacity. That's vision. But now, how do I know there is provision that there are people in here right now? That's a sign. 
Amen and amen. So, in your identity, there are certain visions that you will catch. And obviously, the visions that you will catch are even bigger than you sometimes. We'll say, I want you to album. Album. At least, you don't start making an excuse and say, Need to up it or start writing songs. Write them first. Pa. There was a time where I, uh, before I even started going to the studio, I would post some songs on Facebook. And then someone texted and said, Hey, who's this? Please tell them to call me. I want to sponsor them that they go to the studio. But uh, I didn't need that, so <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't necessarily need that. So I just said, No, thank you so much um, for the offer. I'll be going myself. Yeah. But to others who perhaps might need that, you need to do such things like that. Amen and amen. Your vision, obviously, is to uh, start up a uh, uh, serious restaurants in, 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 in the nation of Zambia. You want to say, ah, a hungry lion is not really a Zambian company, but we want that Zambian company where we'll be selling food. We'll even be competing with hungry lion. My own. How do you start? You start. That's how you start. Definitely provision or follow through. So you need to also know that there are things that are made available to you. And then the last thing which we need to understand is that not only are there riches, the Bible says that you may know This is Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. Let me quickly read it. Very powerful. Ephesians 1 verse 19. And the Bible says, And that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. It means not only should you know that you are in God. That's knowing Him. Not only should you know who you are, not only should you know what you have, you should also know the greatness of His power inside of you. Meaning there's a place that you need to know that God, His power, is resident inside of you. The Bible says this power if you put it in the Amplified, if you have the Amplified, it's, it's, it's powerful. Look at this. And so that you can understand what is the what? Immeasurable. Number one, it's immeasurable. Number two, the unlimited. It's unlimited. Number three, unsurpassing greatness. Meaning there's what is known as greatness. But then there's a remark beyond greatness. Surpassing greatness of his power. Now, where does this power reside? It works in and for us. Who do what? Who are prophets? Who believe. It says it works in us who believe. Now, what is this power? It says this power was demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. Verse 20. Which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. In short, the Bible is actually showing us 
that the power that we should get to know the exceeding greatness of power that we should get to know is that power that same power that raised Jesus from the dead that same power that said no to the clutches of hell that same power that broke through the grave and said this one is not stained and what's that power the holy spirit meaning your identity will never be complete furnished or fully understood without the person of the holy spirit remember the first thing you needed to understand is that in knowing god this was you knowing that you are in him you are in him they that are in christ they are new creations so in him you are knowing something you have this you need to have a revelation when you are in him but you also need to have a revelation when god is in you it's a mystery me in god god in me christ in me the hope of glory so the bible says that we may know the greatness of his power towards us that we may know the unlimited surpassing that we may know this great power that worketh in us and this is the holy spirit now why should we know we should know because the holy spirit in us is a sign of empowerment the holy spirit in us is a sign that there is greatness this is somebody who is now born again and when they are born again they begin to know god they know that god is great they know that god is all good and then god reveals to them i want you to be a prophet to the nations and they receive the vision but while they are receiving the vision they begin to know that there are certain things available to them suddenly they meet a brother samuel suddenly they meet this person suddenly they find finances as resources suddenly they find venues they find all those things but it's not enough for this person who's known god known his vision known his provision to move he needs to know his full empowerment he needs to know that when he speaks when he declares souls are going to be saved when he says receive the baptism of the holy ghost when he says be healed in the name of jesus he needs to know that something will happen he needs to know that there are certain results that are going to happen that money cannot achieve he needs to know that there are certain results that are going to happen that no one else can achieve and that's why he needs to understand and pursue the god in him the holy ghost when he does that he walks in the fullness of his identity 
That's why a man by the name of Moses sees a bush is burning. But guess what? The burning bush will not speak to Moses until Moses goes there. Until he pursues. And he sees that this bush is burning but is not necessarily getting destroyed. He understands that this is not ordinary. And then a voice comes and says, Moses, remove your sandals for this is holy ground. He understands that, hey, I am speaking to holiness himself. He understands that wherever I have to go, it's not my shoes that move me. It's the one that is talking to me right now. He understands that. And from there, he starts catching his vision. Go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. But it is not enough. It is not enough for Moses to catch the vision. He has to know what is available to him. And the Lord asks him, what is in your hands? What is in your hands? And he says, there's a staff. Throw it down. Throw it down and the staff turns into a serpent. But the man is not convinced still more. He's seen that. He's seen a staff turn into a serpent. He's seen his hand become uh, uh, as of snow. But still more, it's not enough. And he says, can't you send somebody else? God still tells him what is available to him. He says, don't worry, Aaron is going to speak on your behalf. But gives him a final a final, a final revelation that as you are going, go, even tell my people that I am that I am appeared to you. Go and tell my people that there is empowerment. And as you go, you're not going in your strength. I, Bible says, even God says, I the Lord will deliver. But yet you are the one who is going. I will deliver my nation. But go. He says, and he even went on to tell him, you should tell Pharaoh that Israel is like my firstborn. Before all the plagues starts, this is what he said. He says, Israel is like my firstborn. And because you touched my firstborn, I will take away your firstborn. then it's complete there. You know God. You know who you are. You know what you have. You know the God in you. There you will begin to walk in serious exploits. You begin to walk in serious, serious identity, purposeful life. It's time for this generation to arise. To arise to know that they are not small. But it's not enough for you to know that you're not small. Know what is available to you. Know the empowerment that is in you. Know that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that same spirit is living in you. He dwells in you. That's why there's a certain awareness that we are even told as believers Say, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Before that, God was staying only in a tent. He was staying in a tent. 
And if you see what would happen when he was staying in a tent, not anyone could just enter. People would die if they just enter that tent. But now what's a better revelation? A better revelation is that in all this pursuing God, knowing your identity, knowing what you have, there's a great revelation also that you need to walk in that you are hosting God. That you are a host of God. Let's rise to our feet.